Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 58. I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, stop by in this episode. If it's your first time, I welcome you. I I hope that this ministers to you. God uh, shares with you uh, special insights through through this episode and and subsequent ones. So today, I am going to be speaking on 10 promises for waiting on the Lord. I've taken a few extra days uh, and it's been nice just kind of decompressing some things just happening in life. And and so this episode is coming a few days later than I intended, so I appreciate your patience. As I was just reading in my own private time, I was in Psalm chapter 27, and a particular uh, portion is what prompted this episode. And I, I wanted to see then, are there particular promises that, that we can cling to as we wait upon the Lord? Now, no doubt, many of you, myself included, are finding ourselves in seasons and times where we feel like that we are waiting on God to do something, to intervene. Whatever the case may be, there are without question moments in time where we are just waiting. And it may feel like we're not going anywhere in particular. It may feel like We may even be going backwards, but where in that journey are we and how can we trust that God has our best intentions at heart in mind and he is more than capable of bringing about his ultimate good and his ultimate plan for our lives. So I'm going to read just this portion in Psalm 27 verses 13 through 14. This is where, as I said, this episode birthed out of, and I wanted to then see what other scriptures are there promises attached to waiting on God, waiting upon the Lord, um, just for the, the purposes of kind of ease of remembering. Uh, I put together 10. Um, no doubt there are more um, just for the sake of fluidity and uh, episode length, I just went with 10 of them. Um, so I'd be curious to find out as you read through these, look through them, study through this particular uh, topic. I'd be curious to find out what other ones that you find. And uh, just you can reach out to me at the Bible Study Podcasts at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on what you found in addition to these 10. Um, Also, there's a Facebook page, the Bible Study Podcasts. So um, anyways, let's just jump right in. So the first one that I have here of the 10 
is a promise to see the goodness of the Lord. So Psalm 27, 13 through 14. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So here we see that there is a explicit direction of waiting patiently for God. In the process, be brave and courageous. In verse 13, though, there is tied to this confidence that the Lord's goodness will be seen. And, And I believe it's David that wrote this, and he says, while I am here in the land of the living. That's, that is a explicit connection to this life. Not, you know, of course we have this hope of, of eternity, but there is, there is a promise that we will see the Lord's goodness here in the land that we live. So, number one, first promise that we will, that we can cling to in waiting upon the Lord, it is that we will see the goodness of the Lord. Uh, the next one that we are going to look at, number two, is renewed strength. And this is going to be found in Isaiah 40, verse 31. And I'm going to turn here with us. Isaiah 40, verse 31. And Isaiah writes, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So, this one, not as explicit in terms of waiting, but something that is not as explicitly said, if we hope in, then there is a implied understanding that we have not received. So there is this, there's this reaching that's attached to it. I think Paul speaks on, um, on this this reality that if if we hope then we haven't yet obtained so this one not as explicit but but I think more implied is those who hope in the lord or are reaching for implying that that there has not yet been a receiving hence waiting those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So there's a promise here attached to implied waiting through renewed strength. Okay, so the next one, number three, Isaiah 30, verse 18. Isaiah 30, verse 18. Yet 
The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are, the, are all who wait for him. So this takes us to our third one. Um, it is a blessing of grace and mercy. Let's read it again. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. So the third promise that we can find upon waiting on the Lord is grace, mercy, and blessing. All right. The fourth one, this one is the fruit of the coming of the Lord. Number four promise is the fruit of the coming of the Lord. So we're going to turn in it. It's going to be James 5, 7 through 8. James 5, 7 through 8. It would probably make more sense to uh, have all these prepared ahead of time. So I'm not taking all this time to turn pages or flood the ear piece of pages turning, but I appreciate your patience. James 5, 7 through 8. And James says this, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. So number four promise that we can cling to for waiting upon the Lord is the fruit, the harvest of his coming. That's James 5, 7 through 8. We're going to now go back to Psalm 33, 21. And this is number five on the fifth promise for waiting upon the Lord. And that is a glad heart in him. So Psalm 33, 21. And it says, In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. And I'll... I'll backpedal just a little and do also in verse 20. So Psalm 33, 20 through 21. 20 says, we hope, we rather, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. Now, you you likely could kind of pull out a couple of promises in this. Um, a weight attached to him being he our help and our shield. Um, so absolutely two could be pulled out of here. Uh, but particularly verse 21, in him our hearts rejoice. So a joyful heart we can find in him. And that's during a 
during times of waiting upon the Lord. So that's number five, a glad heart in him. Number six, the sixth promise of exalting to inheritance. Now, that one might sound a little odd and and rightly so. We'll read the scripture to paint a more thorough picture of it. It, it, We're going to find this one in Psalm 37. And we're going to see verse 9 and verse 34. So verse 9 says, For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord, we're back to that, this hope of something not actually necessarily realized, so something we're reaching for or waiting, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And then we're going to skip over to verse 34. And it says, Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. So as we hope in the Lord, also waiting upon him, we find this reality of exaltation, of him exalting. He will exalt you. It's kind of an odd thing to consider that that we get exalted. We normally think of that word tied to, you know, the the royal divinity of, of God and Christ and, you know, the, his exalt, exaltation of him. Um, but here we find uh, perhaps David writing that he, God, will exalt you, his, his children, to inherit the land. So there's a promise tied to waiting upon the Lord to receive an inheritance. Now, does that necessarily mean just explicitly land? No, but it can be land. It can also be anything that he desires to give. When I think of this particular example, we may ask, well, if he intends to give it to me, why does he wait? Why not just give it to me? He may see, well, he does see, he does see the t- the times when we're struggling internally through whatever situation we're going through. We may be in a really dark place, a very lonely place, frustrating place. And when we think just with our natural minds, oh, well, what better to lift our spirits than a, than a gift from God, whatever that is, whatever that is, whether it be tangible gift or uh, an intangible one. Um, so we ask the question, well, why would he wait? Well, when, when we have children and they're younger, would we give our child a gift in the forms of keys to a car? Well, not until they're ready for it, because if we did, it would make it it would make us a, a bad parent, because we would be giving them something that 
although it's a great gift, they're not ready for it, they're not prepared for it, and they can hurt themselves or hurt others. So there's this there's this sense of I I want to do this for them, but they're not prepared for it. And so what seems like this confusion on our part for why would God wait to, to to give us this inheritance or this this whatever it is very often is the case that the hesitation or the waiting is actually about a preparation that we personally have to experience and go through so that we are prepared for whatever it is that he wants to to give to give us by way of inheritance Th- that word inheritance really kind of adds to it as this almost um, birthright there's things that we have that that we that already are ours by way of whose we belong to but we may not take possession of those things until a a determined time because he in his infinite knowledge god knows ahead of time when we are able to handle such a gift so um, i think just something i want to point out there in number six so moving on to number seven is uh, number seven promise is action from god again that can be kind of an, a strange one to to sum up, but we're we're gonna find this one in Isaiah sixty four, verse four. Isaiah sixty four, verse four, and it says, "Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any god besides you." whose acts on behalf of those who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. So he's, so in Isaiah here, he's saying, since the most ancient of times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God like our God who is able to act on the behalf of those who, what, wait for him. I instantly here think of Saul, who, uh, when the prophet told him, do not make a move to war until the sacrifice, till I do offer the sacrifice to God. And in his restlessness at the delay I think it was um, I forget off the top of my head I want to say Nathan but I feel like that's not right Um, in the delay of the prophet coming back to King Saul he ends up sacrificing it the the offering himself um, and and steps outside of his role and he's the kingdom is torn from him as a result of that, um, ultimately down the road. So if we 
can position ourselves appropriately to wait upon God. No one can bring about action or act on our behalf like God can. And we can receive that if we will faithfully wait for him to do what he intends to do. Okay. The eighth promise that we can find for waiting upon the Lord is receiving the promise. Number eight is receiving the promise. Uh, with this particular one, we find it. It's in Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. Now, I actually pre-marked this one because Habakkuk is quite tricky to find. Um, it's a pretty short book. So, um, I pre-looked at this one. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. Now, Habakkuk in the previous chapter is kind of talking back and forth with God. In essence, he's complaining and the Lord answers him. And so, this is chapter 2. This part is in the Lord's reply to Habakkuk's second complaint. The Lord says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. That word herald there could also be translated so that whoever reads it may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So, here God is saying, now this is specific to a very specific situation and very specific promises, but we can draw a theme out of it. And that is, when God promises something, when we wait upon it, then we can, tied to that waiting, we can be confident that we will receive the thing that he promises. Here's a, a New Testament promise attached to that promise, if you will. And it is Acts 1 verse 4. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So, there is in that, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, wait for the gift my father promised. If they had not waited, they very... Uh, very possibly could have not received that which God intended for them to receive. Now, God is sovereign and he can override, supersede our failures. And so he's a master story weaver. But f in terms of um, what, what the text shows us, there's a, there's a command, don't leave. And I want you to wait. And there's a promise that you will receive from the waiting. Okay. So number nine, uh, the ninth promise for waiting on the Lord is 
for God himself. Okay, so we're going to go to this one in Psalm 62, verse 1. Psalm 62, verse 1. And it says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. And then we're going to turn also to Psalm 25, 5. Psalm 25, 5. And it says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Sometimes I think that as, as Christians... As followers of Christ, we we forget that our greatest treasure, our greatest um, the greatest thing that we can obtain outside of gifts and encounters outside of impact that we can have, even for God, impact for God, outside of all those things, we often forget, myself included, that the greatest thing that we can have is God himself. Our greatest reward is God himself. In him is all things. All things come from Him. So if we cling too tightly to the secondary consequence of an outflow of Him, we cling to the wrong thing. It's easy to lose focus of the greatest thing. You know, I think of Mary and Martha. You know, Martha, she's doing all these good things. She's serving. She's, um, she's embodying, really, the person of Jesus to serve, to not be served. But, but Mary chose the greater thing or the better thing. And that was an infatuation with the source, an infatuation with the person. She's at the feet of Jesus. And so it's so easy for us in the hecticness and the busyness of everything that we have going on in your particular circumstance and your particular influence, uh, your sphere. It's It's very easy to lose sight of our centeredness. Everything is an outflow of God Himself. And when we can recenter ourselves to God Himself, we can find ourselves, no matter whether we have, you know, whether we live in a, a million dollar home 
or or we live in a tent, we can realize that we have the greatest treasure that there is. When we realize that God himself is our uh, is our treasure, our a pearl of great price, it makes us, it postures us in a way that we are rightly, we are rightly seeing. And so no matter what the waves of life you know, toss at us, we are, we are rooted appropriately connected to the source. Now, you know, Jesus being God himself, he makes the way through his, through his person to restore us to that right relationship with God the Father. So that's number nine. A promise attached to waiting upon the Lord is for God himself. Okay. Uh, the last one, number 10, we're going to find in Proverbs 2022. If I can read my own handwriting. Uh, number 10, the 10th promise for waiting upon the Lord is deliverance. We find it in Proverbs 2022. Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and He will avenge you. So many times we want to take matters in our own hands and we think that we have just the answer, just the solution. When in fact, God sees much bigger, much clearer than we do. If we will wait upon him, he will avenge us. He will deliver us. He will bring about the thing in which is best. So those are 10 promises for waiting upon the Lord. I'll just read them briefly. Number one, we will see the goodness of the Lord. Number two, we will find renewed strength. Number three, we will receive grace, mercy, and blessing. Number four, we look forward with hope and promise to the fruit of his coming. Number five, we can find a glad heart in him. Number six, he exalts us to inheritance. Number seven, we receive action from God. Number eight, we receive the promise that he has declared. Number nine, God himself is our promise. And number 10, deliverance. So I hope this was a uh, blessing. I hope it uh, awakens a appreciation for what we obtain and what we can hope for through promise in waiting upon the Lord. No doubt we all do this, and no doubt uh, many of us are waiting upon something this very moment. So I want that to, to be an encouragement. I pray that it helps you. Um, and uh, as I said, you find some additional ones, which no doubt you will. I'd love to hear what you discover as you study in 
the promises that we can have upon waiting upon the Lord. So uh, I appreciate you for taking the time and I bless you and we'll see you on the next one. If it means that I'm close to you I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you And in your house I hold